Well, after all the excitement over the weekend, it's been a quiet 24 hours. What comes out of Sintra seems to be more important to markets right now than what comes out of Putin's mouth. And what will happen with the two central banks that are not lifting rates, China and Japan, and what that's doing to the bond and currency markets? We'll look at that today. But, you know, it's so quiet, we might even take an early mark today. It's Tuesday, the 27th of June, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, a fall in the Nasdaq, losing 1.2% this morning. The S&P is down 0.3%. The Dow stayed in the green till the very last gas, but didn't quite manage to stay there. Only just in the red, it closed, though. European shares were a bit mixed with the Eurostox 50 up 0.2%, but the DAX down 0.1%. And the same for the FTSE 100. Bond yields are lower again. 10-year treasuries down another two basis points. Canadian 10 years down five. German 10-year bonds also down five basis points. Aussie 10 years we're down four basis points yesterday to 3.95%. On futures overnight, down another six basis points below that as well. And a small fall in the US dollar, it's down 0.2% on the DXY. The Aussie is pretty flat. At least it's not going down. Well, it's going down a little bit, but uh, only a small move. Stuck around 66.8 US cents. The euro is up 0.1%. The Canadian dollar is up a quarter percent. Otherwise, no big currency moves. And oil up for today. WTI is up 0.4%. Brent is up half a percent. Over 74 a barrel now. So generally, very quiet. And I guess that answers the question, how will markets respond to the events in Russia? over the weekend. Uh, Ray Attrell joins me from NAB in Sydney. I mean, they didn't really care, did they? It's it's the data that they care about and central banks. And uh, so they don't care about how strong or weak Vladimir Putin looks right now. In fact, there is more focus on Sintra right now than there is on Russia. And, you know, Sintra, no hired mercenaries there, uh, just central bankers. Uh, but, I mean, do you think we're going to get much out of that over the next day or two? Because, I mean, there seems to be expectations now, doesn't there, for markets that may be we won't get too many more hikes, maybe just one, depending on where you're looking, uh, even if, if you know we're sort of accepting now that they're going to stay higher for longer. Will we get that sort of affirmation? What, what are we going to get out of Sintra over the next day or two? Uh, morning, Phil. Um, we're going to get something. It's a cast of thousands, isn't there? At, uh, I think we've got um, uh, President Lagarde from the ECB who's, who's hosting the conference, giving the uh, opening address, which will be around uh, six o'clock uh, Australian time this evening. And then uh, we proceed from there. Basically, I suspect it's going to be tomorrow where, we've, where we really sort mm. of get into the thick of the conference. As you were mentioning one yesterday, I think, with a, the big a cast of central bank chiefs. And That's, uh, the, that's, the, that's yeah. right at the end. That's the <laughs> piece de resistance. It all finishes. Yeah. Well, that's a day away. So let's talk about it then. So, uh, yeah, but, I think, but I think for me, you know, one of the most more interesting will probably be you know what the Bank of Japan governor has to say you know as everybody else is saying look what we're doing yeah um, and you're going to sit there and, and continue to uh, to keep rates negative and your YCC policy is that right and uh, well yeah um, but so well, maybe know. we should talk about the, the, the fact the yen is so high now the dollar Still almost at 144 Japanese yen. I mean, the yen has pulled back ever so slightly today. We're at 143.5. Uh, but, you know, compared to 130 in February, I mean, that's a 10% increase. You know, for 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 an export-led economy, then, you know, that's going to be a concern having big currency fluctuations, isn't there? So is, well, the, is it speculation yeah. driving these moves? But, uh, well, yes, it is, but justified speculation. So I was just reminding myself where we're coming up to the end of June, um, the two weakest currencies in the world, um, or actively traded currencies in the world in June, are the Japanese yen, which is down 2.9% on the month, and the Chinese um, renminbi, which is 1.8% mm. on the month. Every other G10 currency against the US dollar is actually stronger on the month. 
Uh, there are two central banks in the world that are still in easing mode, China and Japan. And every other one is uh, either has rates already at very high levels, like New Zealand, or is continuing to uh, to raise interest rates. And lo and behold, um, you know, you've got monetary policies diametrically opposed between Japan and China and the rest of the world. And they have the two weakest currencies in the world. It is not this is not rocket science in understanding no. why those currencies are so weak. We've had, um, is it Masato Kanda, who is the uh, Japanese currency czar. He was at about five o'clock Australian time last night talking about um, rapid and excessive moves and uh, threats that are obviously so far empty. Um, and, you know, we may well get intervention from the Bank of Japan. Certainly if we get north of, say, 145, heading to 150, that's where the Bank of Japan intervened last year. Um, that may hold the line for a while. But if we go into that July Bank of Japan meeting, and uh, Mr. Ueda is uh, still, you know, studiously nothing to see here, which is why I think, this, you know, what he has to say at Sintra will be interesting. And um, it'll just be a sort of a temporary cessation of yen weakness. And I've no doubt that we would come out of that meeting with the yen continuing to weaken. What about the PBOC then? Because, I mean, the, the Aussie dollar is flat today, whereas the Kiwi dollar up 0.5%, the Canadian dollar also up. So I'm assuming the fact that the Aussie is is so weak compared to those, I mean, China would have something to do with that, wouldn't it? Yes, I think it does. I mean, it's interesting. If you think about the first half of June, when the Aussie dollar went from 65 cents to 69 cents, the Japanese, the Chinese one was weakening. It went first up through uh, seven to the US dollar and then up through 710. Um, and yet the Aussie dollar was roaring ahead. Fast forward to the last week and the resumption of, uh, of CMY weakness has been fully mirrored in um, renewed weakness of the Aussie dollar. So this is a very, very fickle correlation. And as you say, things have moved slightly in opposite directions, but there's no doubt at the moment that, that China weakness is, is weighing on Australia. Um, and the markets are just getting, you know, it's getting a little tiresome waiting for this sort of promised fiscal support for the economy, um, you know, which has clearly be, you know, been, been lagging. And then and, and unless or until that's forthcoming and it seemed to be credible and it seemed to be having some effect, um, you know, then the impact on the currency and, and sentiment that's impacting on Aussie, um, you know, will continue to be uh, will continue to be negative because the you know the only thing support we're getting is, is easier monetary policy, which I say is just playing to, to ongoing uh, capital outflows or reduced inflows into China, which is weakening the currency. So if it if it if it is uh, what was it credible effective I can't remember the word you used but if it, if it was good uh, whatever they come up with yeah, yeah, then, I, I, I mean that could be that could be a real kick for the oh Aussie absolutely bond, absolutely and that is still the NAB FX strategy forecast we do have dollar CMY coming down uh, back below seven but it is wholly contingent on you know proof that um, you know the faltering in the post zero COVID recovery um, that's been pretty evident in the last uh, couple of months worth of activity numbers you know, is going to reverse course in the second half of the year. And that's, uh, you know, it's clearly going to be a precondition. But let's say in the meantime, um, you know, PBOC policy is running completely against the tide of what's happening elsewhere. Um, and that currency mm. weakness is feeding through. That said, we have seen that the rest of Asia. So if we look at uh, sort of Asia FX X China, um, it has actually sort of thumbed its nose to some extent at the end weakness. And there are probably some structural factors at play there in terms of, 
you know, more capital coming into you know, non-Japan, uh, non-China Asia, for example, and holding up um, their, their currencies. And, you know, that does have implications for the Aussie. But um, for any particular day, it's, it's what's happening in China might be the main factor. It might be happening what's happening elsewhere. But uh, certainly, mm. as far as the last week is concerned, China weaknesses are weight. And that's why Aussie is trading with a 66 handle rather than right. uh, a 69. Every handle. day we wait for the news. Now, uh, we got the German IFO overnight. More signs of a slowdown. We had a big moves in both the current conditions and in expectations. So not great news. Although, I mean, does it mean if, if we add this to the to the weak PMIs, is this more of a sign that maybe, you know, one more hike from the ECB might be, you know, what we can what we can get away with? Just that one. Um, it all depends on inflation. I mean, I think that's still the message, mm. isn't it? So, yes, we might be seeing some signs that monetary policy is starting to have an effect both in Europe and uh, in the US. Um, does that mean that central banks are going to take their uh, their foot off the accelerator as far as interest rates are concerned? Only if inflation is clearly heading back towards target. So, um, you know, in answer to the question, I'd say at this stage, it means very little. And I expect that the, the, the message uh, from all central bankers, apart from Japan and China, if they're in attendance, you know, is going to be that uh, inflation is enemy number one. And, you know, that the economic weakness that we're seeing, um, you know, and we had Michelle Bullock spelling it out very clearly in Australia last uh, last week saying, look, we think we need to see the unemployment rate rising, you know, to something around four and a half percent. And until that's the case, you know, then the labour market is going to be imbalanced and, and our concerns about uh, sort of wage price spirals, you know, are going to be front and centre. So, um, you know, so yes, but, mm. but going back to the IFO, yes, certainly the, the IFO signal, particularly that expectations reading, what was it down to? 83.6 from 88.7 certainly seems to corroborate the weakness in the, the flash PMIs, yeah. which as a reminder, were down to what, 50.8 for Germany from 53.9 with, um, you know, manufacturing particularly weak. So, you know, this is something that really bears, you know, watching and whether or not, um, you know, the weak US PMI is, is for real. I, well, I want to wait until we get the ISM surveys, which are next week. I think they're a more reliable indicator because at the moment, you'd say this view that, um, you know, the US may be softening, but uh, but Europe is doing relatively better are certainly being challenged if we take those PMI numbers and now the German IFO survey. And then you've got the uh, UK CBI distributive trade survey. So this is quite a good proxy, isn't it, for uh, the retail sales? So we're seeing uh, this. This is this has had three months in positive territory. Um, in other words, more retailers seeing an increase in sales rather than seeing a decrease. But that turn tables in May with a figure of minus ten, so quite a big turnaround. But we, you know, we've seen weaker retail and lots of weakness in the UK. So this would just add this to the list i guess yeah i think so it's a difficult one to read um i think i talked before about when i would when i was much younger and i used to crunch all the numbers that cbi number would give you a bit of a steer on the sort of year-on-year -year change in retail sales to expect later in the month so those numbers are saying well probably annual retail sales isn't going to be a lot different in june from may but remember it was down what two and a half percent um, year on year in the numbers that we got last week um, and retail sales was actually negative in June 2022 so if I'd used the slide rule to calculate it I'd say we're probably in for a negative UK retail sales number in June but um, you know, mm. there's a um, many a slip Wouldn't between cup and lip in terms of really extrapolating 
to, to what those numbers are. But but in general, I think the message was that uh, they look pretty weak to me. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise anyone, would it, if we saw more more of a downturn in retail in, in the UK because they have got, I mean, a big squeeze, perhaps more than most, going on right now, the cost of living. Uh, we get uh, CPI for Canada. We get whole, we've just had wholesale sales in Canada, by the way, which also had a few months in negative territory, only to turn up in May, rising 3.5% month on month. So data isn't slowing everywhere. There's bits of growth here and there. But uh, anyway, as you say, CPI is the key number. We get that for Canada today and obviously tomorrow locally. We get it for Australia, the monthly CPI read for Australia. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, which is, you know, you've spoke, spoke to Taylor and, uh, you know, there's a risk of a bit of a head fake there, as we've said, where the headline numbers might ostensibly look, you know, look pretty good and, and, and down a, you know, a fair bit, but the underlying message may not be nearly as is. Is encouraging, but uh, but yeah, on Canada. Remember, we had a what a five month hiatus from the Bank of Canada, and then they you know resumed uh, tightening um, mm. at their at their last meeting. Um, and although we're looking for a, head, a, a decent drop in headline Canadian inflation, the core numbers may be only down two or three tenths and, and trading close to four. So I don't I think that's insufficient if that's how it plays out for the Bank of Canada Stop. to say okay. Mm. You know, we raised rates by a quarter. We think we're done. I don't think that they can afford to signal that if, if those are the sorts of numbers that we get. Right. Well, uh, yes, today, fairly quiet. I mean, unless uh, something happens in Japan or China uh, or Russia or we get something scintillating out of Sintra. Uh, but Very otherwise, uh, <laughs> do you like that? Uh, we get uh, U.S. new home sales. We get durable goods orders from the U.S. Uh, the Conference Board Consumer Confidence Read as well. But uh, that's about it. So fairly quiet today. So we'll, yeah. we'll use that as a opportunity to slink off quietly a bit early today and we'll catch you again next time ray will do thanks phil and actually uh, he is about to slink off on holiday so we won't be hearing from him for a few weeks uh, but you'll be hearing from me tomorrow morning i'm back again for another edition of the morning call i'm phil dobby for now i'll see you then thanks for listening